Okay, as, as Mike said, I've been sitting around for four months wondering just what I could possibly talk about. I'm not here to talk as a cancer patient. I'm not here, I'm not here to tell you all of my trials and tribulations from 2013. See, I'm not even sitting down yet, am I? More than one person said to me last fall, gee, you know, I'm going through stuff, but it's nothing compared to what you're going through. I don't believe that that's true at all. Everybody is going through something. What your trial is, is your trial. God's going to speak to you in that trial. In fact, he speaks in trials more than any other place, doesn't he? Boy, I wish God would speak to me powerful words. Be careful what you pray for. But my experience in 2013 was mine and my wife's and my family's. So please don't say what I'm going through is more difficult than what you're going through. You concentrate on what you're going through. Oh yeah, there was miraculous events last year for me. Certainly was. You know, Albert Einstein, the great physicist, said, there's only two ways to look at life. Number one, there's no miracles whatsoever. Or number two, everything's a miracle. So there was miracles galore last year for me and my family. But I don't want to talk about that today. I just want to talk to you about one thing, one thing that God spoke to me in this past year. The end of September, I was heading to Mount Sinai Hospital for a stem cell transplant. And, you know, I had my plan for the time in the hospital because I'd just be sitting around waiting for my stem cells to reproduce or something. So I took my Bible, of course. I took some study books with me, commentaries. I took some books to read. I took my iPad with Netflix on it because I was going to have all this time here when I was just twiddling my thumbs. That plan changed because my first couple days in the hospital, they prep you, they give you a a port in in my neck, put in the heavy-duty chemo, the first day, the first night, that's supposed to bring you to within an inch of death before they start bringing you back. Because that chemo kills all the bad cancer cells. And by the way, there's some good cells hanging around too, and it kills those too. So my, my immune system went from whatever it's supposed to be down to 0.1. So in that time, I started not to feel so good my body started to respond to the chemo and everything and the pain medications so my plan had to change I started out on Netflix I I like documentaries so I saw this documentary I thought I know my wife probably wouldn't want to watch it so let me watch while I'm here a 10 part series on Auschwitz Okay, so I watched the first, the first one, and I was watching part of the second. And I'm laying there, going, "What am I doing? I'm in the hospital with this procedure, and then I got to try to get it better. I'm watching Auschwitz." So I took my iPad and I just put it away, and I started to read, read, but I I couldn't even read. So after a, a, a time. I put everything away. I just couldn't do anything. And I decided 
I know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to lay here. I'm going to lay here and I'm going to be in the presence of God. And that's what I started to do. Just lay there. That's about all I could do. And just in my heart, just cry out to God and just tell him how I was feeling. And then Jamie Senesi in Delaware sent my wife a text said, and said, there's a song I think you should be listening to. It's a Chris Tomlin song called Faithful. So I downloaded it from iTunes and I played that song. And there was one line in there that just hit me like a brick. It says, you're a shelter for the fragile soul. Shelter for the fragile soul. And I just laid there and said, Lord, I am so fragile right now. I can't do anything. Not just my body. My soul is fragile. My mind, my emotions, it's all mixed together, isn't it? Body, soul. I'm so fragile. And then I finally understood. Even when I'm out of the hospital, I'm a fragile soul. Even when I'm quote-unquote well physically, I'm a fragile soul. Because without God, I'm fragile. It makes me think of atoms. You know, how much power it takes to split atoms. And when an atom splits, how much power is released from one atom splitting. And so how much power does it take to hold that atom together? You multiply that times every atom in the universe. How much power does it take to, take to hold all those atoms together? That's God. Only God can do that. And my soul is fragile, and so is yours, by the way. All of the fragile souls in the universe. How much power does it take God to hold all those fragile souls together? Because I knew if God took his hand off me in that hospital for one second, I'm dead. I'm gone. I'm so fragile I'd fall apart. I said, what's the answer to this? I'm just fragile. I need God. More than ever. I need God to be near. Near. I got such an awareness of the nearness of God. And that's what kept me going through this procedure. It wasn't watching Netflix. It wasn't studying the Bible. It wasn't reading a Christian novel. It was the nearness of God. And that's all I did was be near God. So I came home. After they almost kill you, your blood levels start to rise again. As soon as they get to a certain low level, you can go home. So I went home. But I was still debilitated at home. I was sleepless. I was getting up every hour. My digestive tract was a mess. I won't go any farther than that. My nerves, the neuropathy caused by chemotherapy, didn't bother me in the hospital because I was on heavy-duty pain medication. So I came home on oxycodone, and I changed it to oxycontin, which is a 12-hour version of the same thing, but it messes up your system. So I got home. I said, I don't want to take this narcotic stuff anymore, so I stopped taking it little by little. And this neuropathy, the nerve damage, started to show up. So I was sleepless, digestive tract was messed up, my nerves were messed up. So all I could do was what I did in the hospital, focus on the nearness of God. I would get up in the morning, 
it was still dark most of the time. I'd get there and just sit on the couch. Sometimes I'd get up in the middle of the night, just sit on the couch. I didn't listen to music. I didn't study the Bible. I didn't pray. I didn't do nothing. I just sat there in the presence of God. Wow. And I learned how powerful that can be. Just to be with Him. Just the quiet enjoyment of His presence. And I did that for some days. I don't even know how many days. Now, i got music inside of me. I'm a musician inside. So I, I got a desire to listen to some music. But it wasn't Christian music. It's by Peter White, who is a jazz guitarist. I just said, I just feel like listening to Peter White. Let me, let me just give you a hint of the, the kind of music I was listening to. Just for a few seconds here. that I started to bawl I I would cry uncontrollably I heard God in the intricacies of the music in the way the musicians feed off each other I could put that guitar in my lap it's not going to make that sound these people are gifted by God I don't know if he's a Christian doesn't make any difference but that music just started to flood over me. I just started to cry and cry and cry. And I played that for a few, a few mornings. Every time I played it, I'd start crying. You see, I learned that I don't have to do anything to be near God. He's near. He's near in everything. He's near in a jazz guitarist. He's near if I'm sitting there and just thinking about him. You know, a few days later, I said, Darlene Check. I like Darlene Check. Started playing some of my favorite songs by Darlene, Hillsong music. Jesus, 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 Jesus. You know that song? One of the lines says, And Jesus, I come. As soon as I sang that, I started to cry. Because that's my heart's desire. I want to come. i got to be with you. It's the only answer I have because I feel like garbage. My body feels like it's wasting away. I only got you, Lord. The Potter's Hand. What a great song. He calls me into his presence. He calls me into his presence. All I have to do is say, okay. He's right there. You see, I had a misconception a little bit about God's presence. We think of him up in the clouds in heaven, looking down on the earth. Maybe once in a while touching. But most of the time, sitting there, having a pina colada on his couch, just looking around, not being involved. That's deism. That's not even Christianity. And yet, lots of times we're taught in the church that God is not near. That he's someplace else. Boy, my wife and I are reading through this book out loud together. Heaven by Randy Alcorn. This will blow your mind. 
This is real Bible about what heaven is and isn't and what the new earth is going to be like. Earth, new earth, right here. Don't get me started. I had a misconception about the presence of God. And then I read Jeremiah 23, 23 and 24. It's questions, rhetorical questions by God. Look, there's only one answer. Don't dare give the other one. He says, am I not near and not far away? What's our answer? No, you're far away. That's not our answer. Of course you're near. Who can hide in their secret place from me? I mean, what are you going to answer? You've got one answer. Nobody. Then, the last question. Do I not fill heaven and earth? Fill. The word in the Hebrew means thoroughly saturate. Do I not thoroughly saturate heaven and earth? Tell me, right now, God is thoroughly saturating this earth and everything in it. And you, Christian, who has the Spirit of God inside, and God is all around you outside, thoroughly saturating. Wow! That's the old covenant, though. That's probably not true now. Psalm 46, one, my favorite psalm. God is an ever-present help in trouble. Ever-present, abundantly available. Not just available. Abundantly available. Tell me, when isn't he available? Nah, he wasn't available yesterday at 3 o'clock because I had a flat tire. Come on. He's abundantly available. He's always available to an extent we can't even measure. Then there's a whole bunch of Psalms. 3 3. You're a shield around me. You are a shield around me. Is he going to take the shield away? No. Never. It's always there. I'm continually with you, Psalm 73 3. Isaiah 58 8. He is near who justifies me. Near. That word means kinfolk. God is my kinfolk. Do you love your kinfolk? You want to be with your kinfolk? That's why God wants to be with you. Isaiah 43, 2 and 5. Fear not, I with you. The word am is in italics, which means it's not in the original language. Fear not, I with you. I with you. Wow. What about the New Testament? Hebrews 10, 22. Let us draw near. Let us draw near. I had the wrong thought about that scripture. Let us draw near. I thought God's over here. I'm over here. So I've got to draw near to him. It's my responsibility to draw near to God. Wrong. That's not what the word means at all. Draw near. Let's continue. The Hebrew word is in the present tense, which means it's happening right now. And then it's happening right now. And then right now, and right now, and right now, and right now. Always right now. Let us draw near. Let us continue to come near to God, never ceasing for any reason. That's what the word means. Wow. Draw near to God, never ceasing for any reason. 
I'm always near God. I can't get away from Him if I wanted to. He'll follow me to the ends of the earth. So, I get this revelation about nearness. And it just starts me seeing everything in a different light. You see, I knew I had to go back to the beginning of my doctrine. What's my doctrine? Number one, there is a God. That's number one. What's number two? What kind of God is he is number two? There is a God. What kind of God is he? He's a near God. I'm back to number two. Oh, number one, I've always got that. But I'm back to number two. And because number two is important to me because I have misconceptions about number two, still in my spirit, because of the things I've been taught and the things my experience has shown me, that God and I are now trying to get rid of that stuff because I know he's near. And because number two is settled in me, we can move on to number three, four, five, six, seven, and look at them in a different light. Sometimes we get stuck on other numbers of our doctrine. Number 29. There is a prayer language that's called speaking in tongues. Right now, I don't even care. Yes, I have a prayer language. Yes, I speak in tongues. But I don't even care. I want to go back to number two, get that so settled in me that then maybe I can see number 29 in the right light. Because I know God better. And I know me better. So, you're going to hear me speak a little differently from now on. Because God has impressed something in me that wasn't there before. It's called revelation. Why didn't I get the revelation before? I don't know. I'm not taking any blame. God just said, now's the time. Now you need it. Because I know what's happening now, and I know what's going to happen soon. You're going to need this revelation. So at the beginning I said, your trial or your circumstance is really no different than mine. Because God doesn't grade on a scale. He doesn't put trials on a scale. Whatever you're going through, it's on an equal level with me. But whatever it is, you're going to go through something. If you don't have a trial in your life right now, wait an hour. And bless God for it. Because you're going to get a revelation that's going to change your life. And you know, that's been your prayer, hasn't it? If you get right down to the bottom line, that's been your prayer. You don't want to stay the same. You want to be closer to Jesus. You want to know God better. You want new, fresh stuff from God. There's usually only one way to get that. You've got to be in real need. So pray, Lord, put me in a place of need so I get a greater revelation of you. Bless God. Yeah. The bottom of your bulletin there on the front, it says... Be very certain to apply the preached word to your life. Okay, I preached a word this morning. It's got to do with nearness. I pray that the preached word of God, which is powerful and can do stuff in your life, I pray that that's what will happen this morning. But, look what it says next. 
at the same time, don't depend only on the pastor's revelation. You can't live on my revelation. You can hear the preached word and go pray and say, God, how do you want me to apply this to my life? But it's not going to look the same in your life as it is in mine. I don't expect it to. Some people might not even agree with what I said this morning. It's okay. I'm just telling you where I'm coming from. But don't depend, don't depend on the pastor for everything you need for your life. God loves you. He's near to you. He's inside you. He's going to speak to you. He's going to reveal stuff to you that he doesn't even reveal to me. And when you speak it, I'm not going to say, well, where'd you get that idea? I'm going to sit down and go, wow. Praise God, he's speaking to you and you know what it is. Because your life is now different than yesterday. So two things from this morning. Number one, remember the nearness of God. And the next time you read through the Bible, you come to a spot that says something about God being near. Just say, Lord, what do you really mean by that? How near are you? What does this mean for me today? Second thing, God's going to reveal stuff to you that's not even about the nearness. It's about something else. What about? I don't know. I look around this congregation and I see people who are going through stuff. <laughs> Everybody's going through something. I don't want to name names. In that something, you're going to get something that you need to get through the something. And you're going to need for tomorrow something. Because that's the way life is here on earth when you're a Christian and you've got the Holy Spirit inside you. Can you praise God about that? Can you praise it just a little louder? Amen. Yeah, yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Well, my wife and I were saying on our way here. Who heals all your diseases. Lord, we need healing in our life. We've been praying for it every day. And we're going to keep walking in that word until the healing manifests itself 100% in our bodies. Every single day. We read... Read the words, we write down a few things we get, and we pray it. Lord, here's your word. It says that your word is healing to our flesh, medicine to our flesh. So we're going to take this right now as medicine. Lord, your word says you're the healer. Your word says you know what's best for me. So I don't know why my feet hurt. Doesn't seem to me it's helping me out much. But you know. So we love you and praise you in it. Would you stand with me, please? Lord, we thank you for you. Thank you you don't leave us alone. Thank you you always reveal to us what we need for our life. And then your word says you have given us everything we need for life in godliness. We lack nothing. We have everything. And we thank you for it. Lord, I thank you for this word about nearness. Oh, you know it's charging me up, Lord. I pray for the people right now that anybody here who is worried or concerned about God being far away, but God be not being near. God, you didn't do that. Where are you now? I don't see you. Whatever it is, Lord, that people would be encouraged in knowing that you're here right now and you will never, ever leave. You permeate us 
and you permeate everything around us and we don't have to hunt for you all we got to do is just put our hand out and your hand is right there to be in ours thank you Lord thank you and I pray for each person here Lord and anybody who's listening that every person would have a deep desire a deep desire for you and your revelation Lord that everyone would want to know you better and would study you not maybe in books just by sitting down and being with you Lord and listening for your revelation because Lord we need you all of us to get through today and tomorrow and the days ahead and now Lord we just pray you would send us on our way with a fresh jump in our step as we look up towards you and know that you love us so much you would never leave us alone we love you Lord we praise you Lord in all these things and everyone said so be it. Amen.